Welcome to the Satanic Panic Hour. <laughs> We're your hosts, Belzebub and Asmodeus. <laughs> Tonight we're going to be talking about plague, famine, human sacrifice, and a pretty good pancake recipe from one of our guest chefs. <laughs> you have officially lost your effing mind. That was Welcome awesome. to Lawfully Chaotic's Halloween edition. <laughs> the most low effort Halloween costume on the planet. No, I think uh, this is pretty low effort. Just wearing a Haunted Mansion t-shirt. Yeah, Come on no. now. Yep, you win. Um, welcome, episode 32 of Lawfully Chaotic. Uh, this is our Before Halloween special. Um, kind of wishing now that I actually came up with uh, a better costume, but oh well. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, tonight we're going to be talking about uh, the horror theme in gaming, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's been we a just week. Talked about it yesterday. <laughs> I, know, I know. It's it's uh, it is. It's been a week. Uh, how are you doing? It's been a week. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be a lot good going on. You know, yeah. it's you know, I'm trying to set up my schedule for the holidays. You know, trying to you know, a lot of games are going to slow down right now because of everybody taking breaks and mm -hmm. you know that kind of slow period that. That reminds you, that's why you have a savings account. <laughs> <laughs> with, a, with a padlock on it. <laughs> yeah, with a padlock on it. Um, because we're going to, you know, we're I'm going to shut the studio down for November for a, like a five, six day in November. And then obviously I'm shutting it down for about eight or nine days in December. Right. You know, to uh, for the purposes of, you know, we're traveling up to visit Calissa's father <laughs> up in Vancouver. So, yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know he lived yeah. up in Vancouver. Yeah, he's up in Washington. Uh, awesome little house, like literally almost downtown Vancouver. You know, it's... Uh, we, were not up the, there, huh? we were up there in April. I was up there in April for mm -hmm. the first time. Uh, Beautiful up there. Victoria I can't Island. wait to see it in spring. Like, I'd like to go up in spring. Same, because it was... It was just gorgeous. I really yeah. want to go back. But I want to go back when everything... Winter, it's gloomy. gloomy. You know, it's kind of gloomy... In winter time, so yeah, it's but like I mean, it's, it's it's gloomy here in Chicago too, to be honest. So uh, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, but it was just—I have never seen so much lush green yeah. in all my life, everywhere. Pretty crazy, oh my God. right? Yeah, like every. And, and, and I mean, it, it rains so much; it should be green all the time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I'm guessing anywhere around the Great Lakes is pretty much the same, just gray blah. Yeah. Blah, um, blah. I want to suck your blood. I want to. I do this accent, and I I sound like a guru. Oh, oh no, my tooth fell out. Oh shit! The fucking vampire fairy is gonna come. Oh, fuck. that's gonna put a damper on tonight's work. God damn it! The tooth fell off. You know what a a crown costs from my dentist in Transylvania? Oh, that was a real crown that just popped out? No, it's my vampire tooth. Oh, your vampire tooth. I was yeah. going to say, that'd be sad if it was a real crown. <laughs> I wouldn't be making my light of her as a real crown. Son of a fuck! Oh, bitch, that's $1,500, <laughs> goddammit! Yeah, basically. Actually, it's not a bad idea. Next time I get a crown, maybe I'll get a couple of fangs. <laughs> Have some porcelain fangs, mate. Yeah, yep. Well, these are... These are really cool. As long as we're talking Halloween, this, yeah. is, this is on topic. 
These are really cool. I found these somewhere. They're really, they're very realistic looking. Yeah. And you just use denture cream. You right. fill it, oh, you stick it on. Just, yeah. yeah. And then it molds to your tooth, which is why they mostly stay on even yeah. without anything. A lot of the hardcore cosplayers use those. You know, yeah, the LARPers, cosplayers, yeah. they'll, they'll use those fangs. And they're awesome because, I mean, they feel like regular teeth. You know, yeah. you're not wearing this goopy. It's almost like. Remember those fucking fangs you see as children? natural. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm honey. Come I'm here. Gonna, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty, damn it. <laughs> So every time you try to do the voice, they come out like bullets. <laughs> I'm gonna bite the dog oh tonight. God. Oh my gosh! Have poor you dog. have you poor ever dog. have you ever done horror in your games before? Like, uh, you- I guess let's just get into it. This, yeah, that's a good segue. Uh, no, I was actually thinking about that today. And as much as I love the genre, I mean, I'm not obsessed with it, but I, I it does appeal to me. Um, I can't say that I've ever done it. I know I, I did have uh, Vampire the Masquerade mm-hmm. way back when, when it came out. Yeah. I don't know if our group, um, Gary would know once he gets on, I don't know if our group ever really delved into it. So I can't, to answer your question, I can't recall ever truly playing a horror RPG. Which I did all the time with Cthulhu. I, I feel like Cthulhu is always the go-to yeah. in, in the conversation. Um, uh, especially, I mean, the fun part about Cthulhu was always the madness system and, mm-hmm. and lining up horror in front of people and see if they, you know, if they, uh, suddenly are affected by the madness system. Um, I, uh, even though I've run D and D for a long time, um, I never had an interest in running Tomb of Horrors, but I always enjoyed reading it. Like I always yeah, thought but- it was a, an interesting read. But Tomb of Horrors, though, that was just all traps and shit. Right. But, I mean, I always found it interesting. It's one of the few linked games other than, like, Ravenloft and then, obviously, when they did Strahd. Yeah. That actually had the word horror in it. You know uh, what I mean? Okay. Like, they like I mean. Had, they never had it in Ravenloft? Uh, well, I mean, from a, from, a, from a D&D module title perspective. You know, huh. I, I think their interpretation of Tomb of Horror. Oh, you're was, sa- you're literally saying Tomb of Horror. Yeah, like okay. it said horror. So for me, when I read it, I'm like, well, this isn't horrible. It's it's dangerous, but it's not horrible. I think so, they were probably using like the 1886 rendition of the word horror. Like, horror, oh, right. the horror. The horror. Of <laughs> that man beat the other one. Her, I, could, I could see her ankles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tomb of ankles, tomb of ankle socks. But I, I did from quite a lot. I would try to put horror themes in games. I just, I, I'm always trying to make things gross and scary. And and now that I'm playing Candela Obscura, yeah. Um, you know, we had a session today. It was it was kind of a creepy one. You know, yeah. it was. It was pretty interesting, um, to, to See, say the that's, least. That's funny. Now that you mention it, when I have DM'd way back in the past, and even now, uh, it occurs to me that that there is a, a recurring theme. Well, kind of two when I write modules. Mm-hmm. Cults, like cult, a, a cult, 
not right. not like Waco cults or right, right, other not uh, legitimate cults, but not fake legitimate cult, occult, <laughs> uh, the occult, not occult, 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 occult game, <laughs> and uh, and undead. So I think I don't know. I think inadvertently, I always kind of always kind of wanted like a um horror themed or or you know kind of a horror leaning type campaign without even really knowing. Yeah. Have you ever played in one? No. So no. I got to play in Vampire the Masquerade a few times, which I thought was fun. Okay. Um, I mean, that should have appealed to you way back when. That was kind of the the that was the forebearer of narrative play games. Yeah, and and I think it uh, it <clears throat> also um, was that kind of dabbling in the goth boy genre. The yes, yes, not quite punk, but not quite you know emo mm -hmm. goth or anything. You know. From oh a, man, that from game, a culture I should, perspective. I should have dug it out. I know I have it. I still have the game, but that game came with. Uh, it was a little like um, kind of IV bag, uh, and it came with a whole bunch of those red stones for like blood, <laughs> and it came with this little uh, silver ankh talisman. I mean, they really did an awesome job. That's uh, nutty. Together, because see, I never yeah. ran Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah. I was always fortunate enough to find a game to be in, and I always enjoyed being on the receiving end of the horror that was being kind of like. Okay. Called out. Now, you know, when you're that age and that long ago, horror tends to be more, you know, murder horror. Cerebral. You know? Yeah, versus yeah. um versus and hack and slash. Yeah, or yeah, hack and slash it's like, it's versus like Halloween psychological versus, horror. Yeah, it's like Halloween versus Saw, basically. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Body horror, right. Body horror versus I don't, I don't get in. Horror. I don't get into body horror at all. I think it's. I did when I was younger. Uh, Nowadays, yeah. it doesn't interest me. That I think much. it's. I think it is is disgusting and gratuitous. And there's enough shit these days that, like, I've never seen one of the Saw movies, and I never fucking will. Um, the I Saw mean, movies it's are like, pretty brutal. I watched the first one. It's and that like was you remember. Uh, it's like remember when we were kids. We always used to talk about faces of death. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. It's the modern faces of death, and I've never seen a faces of death, and I never yeah. will. And I'm just not into that shit. And it, I don't. It's not the gore that I mind; it's the gratuitous, like right. um, dismantling of the human body, and and those horrible. I don't even want to get into that. <laughs> I prefer my horror to be more mainstream, like Nosferatu. <laughs> well, um, I think sometimes when we think about horror in games, we almost always gravitate towards vampires like it, it, it's almost always easy in any game just to go right towards the king know, of the vampire king of the monsters i think the vampire is a, that's interesting you say that I, I think the king of the monster you think that's bella lugosi's performance or do you just think it's the it's the 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 romanticism of the of the archetype i i think vampire is the king of monsters are they? I mean, I don't. I don't. Well, I don't know if I would consider in terms a vampire. Of, well, in a terms monster, of though. in terms of like pop cult. When you say, I guess if you say to somebody, first monster that pops to your mind, that's the one. Yeah, I think. Well, the first monster that pops to my mind is always going to be Frankenstein. I always feel like that's a really good representation. Uh, you know. Um, okay. 
you know, of, of a true monster. Because but still, monster, it's still a classic monster. Fair, but it feels more monster than, than Dracula. Like, to me, obviously, Dracula is a narrative on the monstrosity of humanity, mm-hmm. you know, whereas Frankenstein's a kind of narrative on how humanity builds its own monsters, you know, yes. and, then, and then creates those monsters. But I always like that. And, the and then treats them as such and becomes monsters themselves. Correct. Put them always, the rich. <laughs> <laughs> but I always like the Frankenstein monster in D and D because it's it's a golem, it's a construct, it's an yeah. aberration, right? So you can you can go that way. Yeah, I predatory. Yeah, that's yeah, true. The predatory they're the monster. Yeah, for they're sure. the closest to humans. I mean, I I still want to be a vampire to this day. My whole life, I want to be a vampire. The problem is, I love <laughs> sunny. I love sunny days too much. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what my... Although when you really... uh, At face value, you're like, oh, immortality, that's awesome. But then... But it isn't real immortality. They aren't immortal creatures. They do die. It just Uh, takes them forever to die. Like, it takes a long time to die. I mean, true immortal creatures are are godlike creatures of immortality, right? Um, But, like, I'm a huge fan of zombies and the undead, you know, that kind of horror. I love, correct, they're immortal but not eternal. That's a better way of putting it. Yeah, that is a much better way of putting it. Um, But I like... Although, zombies is... Go ahead. I like zombies because now they come in so many flavors because of horror. Like, I think (laughs) horror has done a better job. It's the Baskin-Robin of of zombies. Like modern culture is taking, has taken the very kind of like unexciting idea of zombies, yeah, yeah. and turned them into. I mean, twenty eight week, twenty eight days, twenty eight weeks, right? Twenty eight, twenty eight, uh, yeah. You know, it's it's amazing. Hey, there's my brother. Hey, bro. Oh, like your real brother? Yeah, my real brother. He oh, uh, lives out in Huntington Beach. Oh, sweet. Hey, brother. Yeah. He's like, surf. he he hit me up on uh, my Sunday night game. He's like, whoa. You stream? I go, yeah, on occasion. <laughs> You've only been doing it for two years. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> but welcome. Please come in. Oh, fuck, again. Oh, no. It's always this. I have to see the dentist because this is really disgusting. I mean, I'm going to, I'm not going to get any work done tonight later. It's- which is, which is, you know, a fun part about horror is the comedy aspect of horror now. I think, <laughs> I think one of the things that's been really interesting that, that's been very um, uh, uh, cultural. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This half. Yeah. <laughs> the, I love the way that we, we find horror funny now. Like it. it well, here's horror, one for you. If you were going to saw a woman in half, would you saw her vertically or horizontally? Or anyone, let's. I don't want to be sexist. If you're going to saw somebody in half, <laughs> if I'm going to saw anyone in half, <laughs> well, well, I, I think it, it's like I think it's if like, I saw somebody in half, I'm going to do it vertically, ooh, so that man. I can sell the two bodies parts see, to Vegas. You know, they can put it on display, like at that body museum. So see, at least I could get some money out of it diagonally. Yeah, there's see, diagonally. You're, you're fucked up. That makes yeah, me actually worried. Like that I, you would that you it. wouldn't cut a body in half like a normal person. <laughs> My brother's a... like, you're gonna have trouble vertically. 
<laughs> the easiest way to go is like straight across. That's what I mean. Like, who the fuck wouldn't do that? Whatever. You got you got issues. Okay. I'm gonna right continue to cut people in half this way, like it's supposed to be done. All right. I identify horizontally, not vertically. Thank you. Um, comedy and horror uh, spiral cut. Oh my god, that's horrendous. Oh, like. Uh, like Thanos did to Drax, um, and he turned him into ribbons. Remember that? Yes. Yeah, I remember that one. The reality stuff. Start at the head, they die faster vertically. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I, I don't either. I was going to comment, and then I'm like, mm, nah. <laughs> well, I mean, somebody brought up Shaun of the Dead. I, I love that movie. I've never, you know, I've never seen it. Oh, you'd love it. It, it is. It, yeah. sh- it, it should be a classic yeah. in the sense that it takes an, a, a, an amazing horror trope and has some horror in it. But overall, it's just got just enough body, just enough horror, just enough. Um, I don't know if it's old enough yet, Three Miles, for it to be. That's the one with uh, with what's his face? Uh, the guy who plays um, Scotty. Simon yeah, Peck. who plays Scotty on Star Trek? Simon, Simon Peck. Yeah. You know, he's always yelling What's at so- the guy that's sneezing acid. What's the one, and I I know you should all beat me with a bag of oranges. What's the one with the, with, um, the fucking chainsaw? The guy with the chainsaw. Oh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No, not Texas. No, 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 no. The hero oh. has the chainsaw, and he's... Uh, oh, yeah. Army of... Uh, uh, Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a classic. Evil no, Dead. E- Evil Dead the, is a classic. It was the first one. Yeah. I would say Evil Dead was definitely the original classic of human uh, of of comedy horror. Definitely. Was um, it trying to be though? I don't know, but I think it ended up that way, whether it wanted to be or not. But I, what I find <laughs> fascinating is that its sequel was became even more iconic with. Um, Bruce Campbell like yeah he did such a great job of just I don't know delivering on that sequel it was just amazing yeah Lost, Lost Boys is not a comedy it's a serious fucking drama no that's a fucking comedy it's not- that's a that's a fucking uh what do no, you call that's it a, a- that's a cult teenage movie I don't I would not call Lost Boys a comedy that's a boy band comedy <laughs> It's a boy band movie. It's not a boy band comedy. <laughs> Peter Jackson made horror comedy. Yeah, he did. Uh, did. Have you seen The Cabin? No. Oh, I'll blow your fucking Oh! Mind. Is that the one with the two hillbillies? And they... No, that's Tucker oh, versus yeah. the Evil Dead or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That no, no. The, um, he did <laughs> The Cabin where... You... Well, I don't yeah, remember there's, the... There's I'm Dead, but there's a... Um, the cabin. How do you describe it? It's a real. I, I haven't seen it. It's a real good psychological horror. Like it's really, really good. Tucker um, and Dale versus Evil. That's what it is. Yeah, Dale versus yeah. yeah. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Versus that the, was yeah. fucking hilarious. There was another like, and what's really interesting about horror in general, I kind of feel like it's it's a real fun theme for any role playing game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. Whether it's modern fantasy, sci- like sci-fi horror, uh, Alien, right? I was alien, just gonna say Alien. Right? Alien is by far the very, to me, yeah. the very first idea of like what you would 
base sci-fi horror on like what I was I was going to say even the movie grimmer, you know? even the movie back in 79 I believe um mm -hmm. I remember hearing about it as a kid and we've talked about this how it gave yeah. me nightmares for most of my life yeah like that was it really wasn't that me, gory it wasn't no, that gory it was that cerebral horror and what was so weird if I'm not mistaken I could be but if I'm not mistaken <laughs> That was, I was like, just spit my fucking tooth. <laughs> Jurassic Park was horror for me. No one told me lizards could get that big. God darn um, But wasn't Alien the first uh, horror movie set in a sci-fi spaceship environment? I don't know if it was the first. It I mean, might... you maybe have um, Forbidden Planet, maybe, but... Um, the T-Rex attack, attack was pretty fucking scary. <laughs> I'm trying to think back because my 60s sci-fi horror genre is, yeah, the raptors are pretty scary, especially when you make them undead raptors chasing your party members through a jungle. It's nice. lots of fun. Um, I'm trying to think back at all my time watching sci-fi prior to Alien. The only no, thing the only, other, the only other one that comes to mind is Event Horizon. Was that before you know, it? No, um, that was that was way after, after Alien. Right. Um, and there is. It's, it's not sci-fi, but you remember uh, uh, in the Mouth of Madness. Yeah, there was that one. Um, but you're right. That, that, did you ever see the cut scene from Event Horizon? Yes, it was I have so. It was so disturbing. Yeah, the studio wouldn't allow it in, and they had they cut it's it. It's funny that you mentioned sci-fi horror. I'm having a hard time going back before the, Alien. The only like I, one that pops into my head, like I said, is Forbidden Planet from like 59 maybe or, or 60 something. Um, I think there was there was a little bit of horror aspect to that because you never saw the monster because it was invisible. Um, and it, it kind of had that feel to it. But I don't even know if you could quantify that as horror per se. Well, it's interesting because no alien extra. Oh man, wow, that's out of the fucking blue. Oh yeah, extra is good. I think it was before Alien. Yeah, it might be. But what's funny is every time I go to look up sci-fi horror, it keeps coming back to Mary Shelley. You know, so it's like. They well, they consider her to be the first true horror origin, and everything yeah, after yeah. that is postmodern horror interpretation. <clears throat> right. You know. Um, but I don't know. Can you? I mean, I don't know. Um, trying to think, because I mean, and some people will yeah. argue Alien actually is horror. I think it is. I think most people would say it's horror before sci-fi. Um, yeah, I would it, agree with that. It has because all it has all the elements of a horror movie. You know, you don't see the monster; it's lurking around. Everything's dark. Everybody gets separated. Um, you know, it's the it's the Wayland Utani version of "Don't go alone into the fucking basement." <laughs> um, but I don't know. I oh, still... oh, oh, that was the one I was trying to think of. The thing. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Well. But was that 
Was that really sci-fi though? It wasn't set in the future well, or outer space. Alien from another world, so it kind of fits the sci-fi genre. So, and there was the original black and white version <laughs> of Alien, right? So of Alien, there, you mean the thing? I mean, I mean the thing. So the thing yeah. there was the yeah. 1950s 80s. version, I right. think. Right? Yeah. It was yep. black and white. Mm -hmm. um, and then John Carpenter's The Thing was a remake of that. Right. Yep, you know. with uh, Mike, with um, Kurt Russell. Yes. Among others. Now, Event Horizon was 1997. Sam Neill. Uh, the Fly, 1986. Oh, my God. The Fly scared really the fuck out of me. Yeah, that was a good one. That 1985, The, the Reanimator, which I think is now it's more horror than sci-fi. Okay. Uh, the Thing was in 1982. Scanners, great horror. Now, see that of, I would that I would consider comedy. To, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, uh, oh. What about they live? Of the, invasion of the Body Snatchers, nineteen seventy-eight. Oh, there you Nin go. A year yep. before Alien. Oh, the Blob. Oh, I love the Blob. Fog. It came. Fog. It comes from outer space. It so comes from outer space. Oh shit! Psycho. You know. Psycho. Oh, that's not sci-fi. We're talking sci-fi. Right. Well, we're trying to keep within sci-fi. Um, altered oh. states. Um, that, oh wow, that was know. that was. I mean, I, I mean, you can link good. any horror to Stephen King genre, and you've got like yeah. a lot of just good hardcore genre. But I think um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers and Alien did a good job of really setting the groundwork for modern horror and sci-fi horror. Yes. You know what I mean? I think they do you know, a good job of doing that. You know what What kind of movies when I was growing up scared the absolute fucking bejesus out of me more than anything else? What's that? And it's funny that I actually said scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> uh, it's all of the, oh, arachnophobia. Well, that's different. That's a psychological phobia. I, I, know, I consider that a comedy horror. Actually. Yes, that one, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's and it's funny because you know being Jewish and not believing in any of this crap for some reason, like exorcist, even though it's rooted in your in your ancient history is the golem, yes, the golem, right? Which is it's right over here. You see him? <laughs> yeah, come here, Mark. Mark, come here. <laughs> uh, uh, no, like Hellraiser, The Exorcist, all yeah. of that satanic hell shit, right? Fuck out of me when I was younger for no goddamn okay. reason. Okay, <laughs> okay. The um, Saptonomicon brought up the quintessential movie that defined my love of monster horror. This is a that, good segue. I've never heard of either of these. Horror. So them, um, I haven't seen the Tingler, but if but if they like thing, I, now I've got to look up Tingler and see what what that is. But them was amazing. It was, was a nuclear horror film where, like, out in New Mexico in the nuclear test site of New Mexico, ants got affected by radiation, became these giant ants that were secretly like stealing bodies and stealing oh, the fifty people. foot ants. Well, was not that, that like movie, not that movie specifically, but it was called Them. Okay, and they colorized it about a decade ago, which I didn't like. I like it. Um, I liked it in its black and white form formula. I thought it was amazing. Um, but it, it, yeah, them yeah, is yeah, me too. 
them is amazing because it does to me it felt like the first movie i ever watched where it took psychological tropes of the dangers of radiation and introduced me to the idea of monster horror because the only other thing that ever introduced that to me was Godzilla. Okay. You know, so the whole Godzilla kaiju universe became relevant to me as a kid. And then it was solidified in me as a kid after I saw them because that came out, I think, in the late 40s or early 50s uh, or something 19, like that. 1954. Yeah, yeah. fifty. I knew it was either the late 40s or early 50s. Yeah. So, All right, I'll have but to it was just that. And it had good actors in it. Like, it had actors of the time uh -huh. in it. You know, a lot of former World War II actors and stuff like that. So, once again, horror, mm -hmm. as it gets validated through these movies. Hey, it, Dragon Painter, how are you doing? You know, it's like, it's it's interesting to see how important horror is becoming to our real-life culture. And maybe it's starting to get important to our gaming culture, too. Because, like... I'm becoming more and more interested in horror and gaming in well, general. Now, as in terms of our everyday culture, all you got to do is turn on the fucking news. I mean, that's, <laughs> well, that's 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 not horror. That's just day to day life. Um, uh, excellent. It, um, <laughs> we're doing good. We're talking about scary things. We're talking about scary teeth that won't stay uh, in Brian's rotted so mouth. Okay, so monster horror. Yes, yeah. Ravenloft yeah. is Strahd. now Curse of Strahd. Curse of Strahd. So I have, Raven... I have, I took them down, but I have Ravenloft. I have Ravenloft too. And I bought the big, uh, coffin version of Strahd, mm. which I have not opened yet. I have over on the shelf, uh, a, a Ravenloft first series box set that came out. In the that's late what 80s. I have. Yeah. yeah. That's the one I have. Yeah. It's I, you got know, the little counters in it and yep. like everything in it. It's so weird. Yeah. Um, Oh, Tingler's Vincent Price. Vincent Price. Oh, oh wow. the pendulum. Oh. Darkness falls across yes. the land. The midnight yes. hour is close at hand. Holy shit. Both my teeth have fallen out. Uh, oh, wow. Oh, I'll nice. You, I'll give you nine bucks for it right now. Yep. Done and done. <laughs> Just get me uh, Tracy Hickman's uh, phone number and we'll call it even. <laughs> um, okay, so monster horror. So, um, I think monster horror is by far the easiest transition into gaming. Well, sure, it, yeah. it's 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 you know you can look at a lot of like Pathfinder material, uh, D and D material. Um, you know, uh, you can look at a lot of pre-generated uh, RPG material. That monster horror is just like you know really easy to put in there, but. Is the monster itself the horror, or is the origin of how the monster became the horror the horror? You know what I mean? Like, what, you know, is the real horror what made Godzilla? Is the real horror, you know, what made, like, is Dr. Frankenstein the real horror and mm -hmm. not Frankenstein? You know, I think because... that kind of goes for anybody. I mean, look at Jason Voorhees. He's just some douchebag in a in a gas station jumper and a hockey mask. But you know, when you hear about he drowned in a lake and blah blah, that then that's where the scary is. But but I like the idea of a horror being projected from something else. So you have the false horror, and then the real horror. Yeah, like yeah. I, I, which I think to a certain degree is like the the nascent origin of the big bad. You know, the big bad 
comes from the idea of the horror spectacle to a certain degree. The Lich King, right? The great Lich King Vecna, you know, the great demon god Orcus, you know, or um, Demogorgon. The, the 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 betrayer god that Matt introduces, yeah. uh, Thorazum or whatever that that god's name is, which is the god of ending things. He's he's basically into destroying all things and remaking them over and over again. So I mean that's a a terrifying god, you know, and horrific outcomes, mm-hmm. right? Um, what about now, uh, like occult horror? Okay, because. And I, uh, so here, you know, so I love uh, Cthulhu mythos, okay? Yeah. I know Lovecraft is a race, was an anti-Semitic racist piece of shit. Uh, so we'll just get that out there right away. Yeah, but, no, that's fair. But and mythos, valid and true, yeah. Yeah, but uh, the mythos, uh, you're going to let them get away. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, wow lovers. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, but I, for some reason, there is just something about. I think, I think to your point, the reason why the the Lovecraftian mythos was, yeah, yeah, it, it, there's some truth to that as well. I think, really, yeah, if you read some of the older biography stuff, it does get. It, it weird. It's weird. He I died. Mean, he very, was okay. Yeah, it, it is worth oh, wait, reading let's... some of his later stuff versus some of his younger stuff. I think, I think the the mystery of the H.P. Lovecraft Lovecraft mythos is that it all takes place in a time when you feel very vulnerable. Like there's no technology. There's no. It's it's you, a pistol, a you know, a kerosene lamp. And yeah, your knowledge would, of 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 you know some horror. I or, would I would argue a little bit that the time period that it takes place in is when people are making the trans transition from the old world to the new world. I mean, I think that was the science of is the yeah mythos. science is starting to take root. Industry is starting, you know, is almost starting. So there is the open mindedness. To, but I think it's that vulnerability of transition. You yeah, no longer yeah. trust the past, and you're scared of the future. Yeah. So you're in this particular point in time that just feels even extra scary because you don't know what's coming and you don't know what's been, and you find yourself like, um, uh, you know, you find yourself in the midst of this entire horror mythos mm-hmm. that leads to the idea of world order. You know, the yeah. idea yeah. that the world's run by cults and it's not really in your control. Uh-huh. So, you, you know, they exhume a lot of... Uh, or Exhume! I love that word! Yeah, they exude <laughs> a lot of energy around the fact that, you know, kind of the cultural shift that we're going through now. You know, to your, to your point, almost all of the modern horror that we're exposed to is either in the gaming space... Or limited to the to the reading space, like. Um, oh, I thought I you were know. talking about what we're going through day to day now in well, the real world. Well, yeah, but because uh, that's going to be honest. Right now, I'm rooting for Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the, rooting for the Destroyer. Have Have you um, Have you seen the movie Nope yet? 
Yes. Oh my God. That was a good sci-fi modern horror. That was. And I, and the way that was written, um, the way that was written, you know, what was amazing. Can you uh, see those effects? Yeah. When I... yeah. <laughs> I think if you clap, it does confetti. I think. I nope. still like this one. <laughs> Come on, now it's out. not working. You gotta put your hands out, like, so it can oh. read. Yeah, there you go. Put them out. Oh, you broke it. Lame. <laughs> Hang on, let me restart my computer. Um, no, don't well, do that, because the, the hamster's gonna fall asleep. I know. No, it's it's funny, though, because in, in, in the uh, in the lens <laughs> in the lens of gaming when you say when you said horror when we first started talking about what yeah. it was got immediately what pops into my head is cthulhu yeah i i just think that to what to your point the the period that it takes in um you know the um uh the the psychological aspect of it cuz that's something that's not touched upon really in a lot of movies. And I know that there are psychological thrillers. Hard to convey thrillers. that sometimes. It's hard. It is. It's harder to convey. It is. You know what? You know, strangely enough, what movie I got that from? Hmm. Uh, a newer movie is Cloverfield. To a certain degree. Like, I would agree what with would that. it feel like? You watch Godzilla and you're like, oh, it's a big monster stomping on Tokyo. If you were actually in fucking Manhattan and this shit's going on, I think that movie did a very good job of portraying like what you would feel like if you saw a fucking 50 story monster literally traipsing through your city. You know, I, I, I got that. I'm not saying it, it wrote the book on it, but right. But I, well, but I, I think I, to me, that's what it is about Cthulhu is that, that I don't know visceral if you've, psychological, like, I don't, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but have you seen, it came out a while ago, uh, get out. Yes. Wait, which one is that? Is that the uh, one with the, the scissors or the, that was his first one, wasn't it? Yeah. Get out was his first one. That was yes. the one where he goes to the small town and yes. to meet his, that also. was, that was so terrifying yeah. to me to watch because it felt like a yeah. documentary. Like it felt yeah. visceral and it felt real and it felt purely psychological to me. What was and the I one with the scissors? Was that us? The one with the scissors. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That one I haven't seen, but I saw, yeah, I saw get out. I saw Nope. He is, he's a good writer. A fucking masterful. Well, and I think, I think it begs the question, is it easier to do a psychological horror game versus a, um, like versus a, like more traditional monster horror game or a full body bloody horror? You know what I mean? Like, to me, like the psychological horror game feels easier because you can use theater of the mind more effectively, I think. Well, when you say, e do you mean easier to run and put together? Or do you mean yeah. easier easier to, to achieve that level of angst and, and horror? Run, put together, and probably get close to that angst okay. of horror. I would agree because I think a monster, you know, you're, it's a game. 
It's yeah. like, oh, you see a big monster. All right, fine. I, you know, I take out my sword. I, I take out my four, my plus five yeah. football. Or it's gory. It you're like, oh, that's gross. You know, but if you're really good at the psychological stuff, and I think maybe that's also why I gravitate towards uh, Cthulhu. Um, yeah. And it's really odd now that I think about it. As much as I'm drawn to that mythos, I have not played a lot of Cthulhu games. I think the only one I've played I've really a lot played, of Cthulhu. I I always the only felt, one I played is the board game is the new board game by Simon Death Cthulhu Death May Die. Uh, now, I've never I played, played that player. yet, but I I like to I used to take Gangbusters and Cthulhu and mm -hmm. mesh them together. Yeah, yeah, you know, and have some fun with that. I guess that's what I love most about the Cthulhu lore and mythos, which we talk about all the time, right? Where, you know, as we brought up with Shadowrun, they never could quite seem to tweak it the way the mechanics need to be, but the lore is really good. You know, yeah. Yeah. Cthulhu's kind of the same way. They got a great madness system and the lore is amazing, but they always seem to overcrunch it, make it yeah. hard to run sometimes. Yeah. Um, I think what I'm beginning to learn by playing Candela Obscura is that it's, too easy to do the horror like sometimes the horror gets too redundant and you need to learn ways of pacing a game so that the horror starts small and builds to that crescendo that it's designed for that that sudden shock and awe of the of the horror output that just everybody's like ah no you know <laughs> the, the alien bursting out of the chest you know kind of yeah vibe yeah. that we all know is a total jump scare that none of us have ever recovered from did you i'm sure you know this but did you know the cast had no clue that was going to happen yep that's yeah. why it was so real yeah like i was uh, so terrified everybody was just so fucking shocked nobody knew it was going to happen except for john hurt or well yeah, john right john hurt. yeah i think it was john hurt um well when i think when they interviewed sigourney weaver during the making of alien they talked about how they actually were all afraid that he was actually sick that there was something wrong with him yeah because it wasn't done that way in the script yeah you know they were supposed to i think if i recall they were supposed to put him on a gurney and take him to the medical lab and then it was supposed to be like a strange kind of distant shot of him exploding and the creature oh that out. i didn't know yeah i, I think all, that's I, what knew, it was. all I knew is that they they were not made aware of what was going right so in the script i believe they talked about him oh, so having they, a medical emergency with no description. Oh, so they really they really with didn't them. know wow. what the intent of the scene was. So that when you, you can, see if, the look on their faces, I don't think that's acting. No, I think that's recognition and horror at the same time. In fact, once you know, <laughs> once you know this, if you didn't know this, go back and watch the movie and just look at their faces. And there's a yeah. couple like glances between. The one actress, I don't know her name. I, f I forgot her name. Um, but she really was, like, freaked out. You could tell, like, she's looking at the other actors, like, what the fuck is going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. But that, you know, uh, once again, it's interesting that you can play Aliens as an RPG now. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a solid RPG system. Yeah. So as I've been studying and trying to get my hands around The Walking Dead, um, uh, they use a fear system or a threat system. So two, three miles down reference to zombie side, building the stress <laughs> horror factor and mm -hmm. using stress to create the anxiety and the idea of horror. Walking dead very much does that too. Their system does that very well. It's like, okay. 
you could end up playing for three hours where the where the where the threat level is steadily climbing, and based on threat, your dice rolls that you were doing earlier seemed easy. But now that the threat level is so high, you're under so much stress. Something as easy as crawling through a window becomes almost impossible because of the horror aspect of the zombies coming at you or, you know, the, the, the marauders shooting at you while the zombies are coming at you or, you know, the freshly bitten friend forcing you to run away as they're being consumed by zombies and the marauders are shooting at you. You know what I mean? It's like that, that steady threat level climbs and climbs and climbs and climbs and climbs. Yeah. So that if you're in the red threat, like if you're an extreme threat, and all you're trying to do is like, let's say, do a athletics check for reference perspective. If it had an applied DC at a low threat, it would have been a 12. But now that you're in a higher degree of threat, it's now like a 26. Or it's, that you sounds know, like it's, they did a good job of pulling in what Simon does with Zombie Side and Cthulhu Death May Die, where the game mechanics itself just, you know, it's like, oh, if if it's an if then thing, if this happens, then spawn. You know, right, like I said, right. before you know it, they really, you know, to three miles point, I, I don't even know that. No, no, I'm not. I'm not even going to go there. I, I, I totally agree with that statement it, is that it builds that stress very well into the stereotypical, you know, zombie story. Like, oh, we're right. OK. Oh, there's a few more. And then before you know, it, it's like, well, fuck. Now we're trapped and there's 20 minis, you know, on the board. And it it really does a great job of that it sounds and like every dead. now and then every now and then you come across a diamond in the rough that just surprises you such you as. know i would um there was a movie me and calista watched over the weekend called a scout's guide to the zombie apocalypse never heard of it, it it's amazing it's got to be the mo- one of the most amazing things i've ever watched it was a comedy zombie flick that was just an absolute joy to watch it was amazing to watch it came out during the same period as the Ap- what I call the Jed Apatow yeah production era that that kind of comedy okay um, so it's very generational Scouts, and it's very much Scouts you know, Guide oh Scouts versus Zombie Scouts Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse yeah yeah they came out in 2014 2015 huh. uh, it was the first movie that the kid that did I Ready or did um, Player One Ready. Ready, Ready player, player one. One. Oh yeah, Ty Sheridan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's it's a fun movie. If you if this you is like awesome. fun. Now I got now I got my movie list for the weekend. <laughs> I got nothing to do this weekend. It's gonna rain all weekend. And now I got a whole shitload of movies. Thank you guys. Oh my god, that's funny. That's like uh Zombie Land. The first one. Second one was first terrible. One. Yeah, the second no, no. one was a money grab. The the first, first one, one felt like a beginning, middle, and ending to me. Yes. And it felt like it played very well into the idea that we all have about the hopes of a zombie apocalypse. Right. You know, that you could survive it. And if you did, you would just shack up at, you know, Bill Murray's house and everything would be fine. <laughs> you know, and you only met good looking hot people on the road. You never met ugly people. <laughs> well, because they can't run fast and they were all eaten. <laughs> and I still love the fact that zombie land played off the idea of the mad cow disease. So it took a, a, a good chunk of its horror from the fact that mad cow disease is a real thing. Uh-huh. And mad cow disease is something that makes your brain sick. So, you know, it, you know, 
more importantly, thinking about Zombieland. Wait, wait, where are you? Are you Michigan or Ohio? I forgot. I got nothing to do this weekend. I hop in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a Bronco, right? You have that Ford Yeah, Bronco. man. Yeah. I have to stop. I think just dry. He's oh, Colorado. Colorado. That's, that's a high. 17 that's, hours. No big deal. Yeah, that's a high. It'll only take me seven tanks of gas to get there. <laughs> all I so, do is sit in all I do is sit in traffic in Chicago. You know what that car gets for me in the city of Chicago? Like driving to and from school? It's like fucking 12 miles to the gas. I think I'm part of the problem. One of our more modern, well, you're a horror show. One of the more modern <laughs> perspectives uh, is it a slow white Bronco. You know my name, damn it. Oh, there again. <laughs> um, I found, uh, uh, I found no. uh, Last of Us terrifying. I don't know if I would use the word. I didn't find it terrifying. I enjoyed I, it immensely. I, I enjoyed it, and I found it terrifying because it felt so real. It felt like oh, it was well. not fiction. You know what I mean? Like they they based the story on the game, and the game based the story on real science. Yes, that you know what okay, I mean. You're and right. That, you yeah. know that real science <laughs> yeah. idea that a fungus can grow into an ant's body and take over that ant's neurological system. Yeah. That's and, terrifying. And, and climate change, whether it's man-made or not, is having an effect on fungus growth. And we have and, no cures for fungus. Yeah. Like, okay, you're right. I I, I, I take it back in that <laughs> regard. I thought you meant the on-screen horror of like, Bleh! Yeah, um, and I would agree no, with my you're brother. Right. I in, mean, the show that, was very low fantasy- Yes. Compared to the game, which even made it more terrifying yeah. because that whole like I go back and I watch that first episode whenever I want to get inspired to write and like work on my games. Um, the storytelling in that first episode was amazing to me. That creepy uh, next door neighbor interaction, that that single scene where the girl is standing there looking down at the kitchen floor at the old lady eating the old man, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. or no, the old man's been bit and yeah. the lady's over on the other side, eating the wood, you know, eating the, the caretaker or the, the daughter, the older daughter. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's silent. There's no, no noise. It's just yeah. silence and the dog I yelping and running away. That, Whole lead up to that point of sheer terror. That is a. I will. That's a I, classic. Now I man. will agree that with is, you in that regard. In terms it, of when you really start thinking about that story, yeah, it is truly fucking. And terrible. then the scene, the scene where they're running through the town. That that there were so many RPG, like TTRPG moments in that first episode that it made me feel so good about the gaming culture in general, whether it be console, PC, or tabletop, because there's so many elements in it that could be equally interpreted by all the different genres of the interpretation of gaming. You know, the, 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 the isolated horror scene, right? And then they come to rescue her. And then you have that pursuit through the chaos that's unfolding around you, that's building up until the jet, crashes down and sends everything into a blackout scene. And then they're racing away through the town and they're trying to get away. They get separated. 
horror and zombies and everything is like unfolding around them, you know? And then the end of the scene is the military hero, the father's desperation holding the daughter, and that classic cliffhanger ending of the gunshot. Crack! Yep. You know, and darkness, you know? It's just like there were so many genres playing out in that first episode to see it all come together like that was just so inspiring for me. That um, that first episode is always a classic for me to, to get my heart pumping and get my writing just up uh, and running and ready to go. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, you remember the third episode with Nick Offerman? Yes. That was one of the best episodes of any show yes. that I think I've ever seen in my life. And what makes that episode so horrifying to me is the expectation of hope becoming failure. Yeah. But in amidst that death of hope, that that opportunity for stoicism to be presented very differently. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he wasn't a survivalist in the traditional sense. He was forced into it. He was forced into it because he probably thought it was a hobby. Mm -hmm. while also really enjoying the idea of it actually happening, mm -hmm. which is what I think most people feel like a lot of the ways. Yeah. But he was a very stoic individual who was also very empathetic. Yeah. And he had this amazing relationship with a desperate survivor that in his own mind, he should not allow into his life. Yeah. And in the middle of the collapse of civilization flourishes this amazing love for two people yeah it was you know? i thought it was just and then it's i was visited, actually in tears i and that then it's visited upon by outsiders in different yeah. ways the way the marauders try to take it away through violence and, and physical attack on their on their on their sanctuary the smugglers you know the two main uh, mm -hmm. uh protagonists that insert themselves into their lives <clears throat> But at the end of the timeline, at the end of the survival timeline, it's two people desperately in love with each other who can't live without each other. Yeah. But yet they leave behind enough hope for anyone who comes along to take all that with them and try to do better and try to do something with that little bit of hope that was left behind. And it just feels so conclusive at the end. Like at the end of episode three and at the end of episode one, I didn't see how they could top either of that in the, in the series. Like it, yeah. and that's until we got to the cannibals when they did the cannibals, when oh, Ellie yeah. gets rescued. Yeah. Yeah. That was that visceral, that moment that he's looking at the guy who's begging for his life. And you look at his face, the, mm -hmm. you know, What's the main protagonist name in that? In it? Oh my God, I'm drawing him. It was Ellie's the girl. Um, oh, Jesus. I can't think of his name right now. It's killing. He gave me a brain fart. Right. But he takes out his blade, Joel. and uh, Cole. He Joel. takes. He takes. Uh, yeah, Pedro Pascal's character. Yeah. Um, he takes out his blade with no thought. There's no thought in his face. There's no empathy there's no comprehension of compassion emotion he just takes out his blade jams it into the guy's chest and then again 
and again, then into his head, and again and again. That whole scene of him killing that person, there's no emotion in the process. But then when you cut, spoilers, when you cut to the final episode where he's killing that one leader of the Fireflies because he she wanted to kill Ellie to get all of her blood, it's pure emotion. Yeah. It's pure visceral emotion. He's why he's killing hope. He's killing the future of mankind because he loves Ellie so much. Yeah. He's not willing mm. to give up the safety of humanity. To me, there's so many elements of psychological horror, physical horror, modern horror, uh, humanity horror in that series. I don't know how they can top that. I don't know how they can top it. It it the writing is is really absolutely phenomenal on that show. Um <laughs> Wait, what? And I'm, I'm sorry. We'll go back to idiot humor. <laughs> oh, my teeth are falling out. No, no. When I, this is it. This is this is. I mean, there are so many different aspects of horror, and probably yes. so many different definitions of horror. You know, like again, body horror to me is not horror. My definition of horror is something that makes you truly feel afraid. Body horror disgusts me. It's revulsion. Right doesn't make me afraid yeah i don't um, i don't necessarily feel like it 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 it, it disgusts me i just feel like it, it doesn't, doesn't do anything for me yeah it's just not interesting to me yeah. because anyone can do that the psychology behind why someone's doing that i think is far more interesting than you know the outcome of them doing that you know which Absolutely. is why that you know that classic scene of you know the door opening and there's five terrified people as the monster goes in. And then as the monster comes out, there's five dead people just strewn on the floor where you can't really make anything out. You just happen to believe they're dead. And the monster just casually walks out and is now walking slowly towards the next room. And in that next room, the people are just quietly living their lives, not knowing that this monster is about to visit them in turn. You know, a scream, I think scream is a great modern interpretation of small town horror. Yeah. You know, it really does a good job with that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I will say that whenever I need to be inspired, whenever I feel like I need to write and I've got a campaign to organize for, I find myself picking these items off of the library shelf of movies and series and, you know, first season of Stranger Things. Great oh inspiring God. season. That scared. Um, I t I think I told you when I first saw that, for some dumb fuck reason, I started. I decided, oh, it's one o'clock in the morning. I'll start watching Stranger Things. Everybody, my <laughs> wife was asleep. My son was asleep. Dogs upstairs, and I'm watching it. I'm scared shitless. And by the time I got halfway through the second episode, I'm like, fuck this. I paused it. Went upstairs. Oh, Deliverance is definitely body horror. Got the walk. Got the dog out of bed. Brought him downstairs with me and continued watching Stranger Things. Scared the shit out of me. No, Deliverance is definitely horror. Uh, yeah. Horror because it's not yeah. fiction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and 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 to your point, I mean, that's an that could be an aspect too. How realistic is it? You know, yeah. a giant monster going through New York. Yeah, I mean, you could do a really good job making it scary, but still, a giant monster stomping on New York, right? Yeah. yeah. Walking Dead. It's a hard sell for that zombie story. They live, not such a fucking hard sell. 
No, no. Especially since it kind of like, it really creeps into the conspiracy mindset of certain horror genres as well, you know, and it gets you yeah. there. So, yeah. yeah, holy shit, we did it again, Bri. This was an awesome conversation. I think we should keep going until three o'clock in the morning and then I'll watch them or Tinkler or one of these <laughs> monster movies. Yeah, the, the reanimator. The reanimator. Hellraiser oh used to always scare the shit out of me. Pinhead. Right? Again, because it's a guy with nails in his head from hell. I know. I know. Like that, that shit, you know, that scares the fuck out of me. Oh, my God. You know what was the worst scene? We're not stopping, by the way. <laughs> you know what was the worst scene for me in that movie in Hellraiser? Hmm. Uh, when what's her face? Uh, what was her name? Julia. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. See, it did it. See, you put your thumb up. And oh yeah, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> Hellraiser. I think it's so stupid. <laughs> um, the is is when uh, she had no skin. She's walking around with just musculature and blood and because it was so real. Like that was so fucking scary. This one. Oh my God. Is how we missed that one. I'm not sure, but that one, that one to this day, I still have, I can't watch it all the way through. It's so, and they rebooted it recently with, um, uh, Russell Crowe. I think was it Russ? No. Um, no, yeah. you're thinking of uh, he did do one, um, the Pope's Exorcist. Yes, which was actually very good. Was it? It was, it was very good. It's worth a watch because it felt um, like it was just a reboot of The Exorcist. There was a little more to it than The Exorcist, but they did reboot The Exorcist. Um, yeah, I remember that. Um, well, I remember like the '80s. We had like ten years of just. Horror after horror after horror. Oh, it was Exorcist, um, Elm Street, uh, Halloween, Friday the 13th, 1 through 412. The um, Omen, remember that one? The Omen, yes. That was fucking scary. Uh, question, what's the best reboot you of a horror? Um, hmm. I'd have to best, think about that. Now, are you, talking, are you talking about a sequel or a reboot? Probably a reboot. Probably a reboot. Yeah. And then um, and horror doesn't get rebooted all that often. No. Either. No. Because um, if they suck, they really suck. And uh reboot from an old from an old movie. movie. Okay. Well Um I I'm okay with the reboot of Halloween, even though it was technically a sequel. They had done a reboot of the retelling of the story. So it was like a reboot sequel. It was kind of weird the way they did it. Um, okay. I would also say Oh, what's a there was one that I watched recently. Technically, the thing is a reboot. I was just of the black say, and white one, right? Yeah, I was so just say the thing. Yeah, the thing definitely fits that that notion. That, um, that but they might... rebooted the thing again. There's a th third reboot of the thing. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I forget what it's called, but yeah. I didn't um, know that. I'll look it up. Um, um I've I've got an exorcist story too. You think I'm making this shit up? I'm not. For some dumb reason um I, when i was about seven or eight years old i remember my parents went out and my brother and i who's four years younger uh we had a babysitter and and she was watching or she let us watch or it was on tv and she didn't turn it off whatever the exorcist 
Mm. And I'm eight. And for the next five years of my life, I was scared shitless because I thought that every child when they turned 13 went through this demonic possession. <laughs> As part of turning 13, it was like a hellish bar mitzvah. <laughs> And I'm oh like, I'm like, oh shit! Once my bed starts floating, man, fuck. <laughs> but seriously, who lets an eight-year-old watch The Exorcist? That one too scarred me for life. That's probably why I've always had this fear of of like satanic horror. Yeah, even though I don't believe it. Or it could also be your interest in satanic horror. Maybe, maybe you know. We all lived through the 80s scare of, you know, D&D, you know, demon worship and, you know, oh, oh, I know one we didn't mention, which I think has a place in history. The Blair Witch Project. What was that a reboot of? No, no, not a reboot. I'm just saying as a horror. Oh, 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 my God. Yes. Yeah. Um, So here's my take on that movie in in under 20 seconds. Um, Really good idea for the first five minutes. Boring as fuck and played through the rest of the movie. Last two minutes in that in that creepy house scared the absolute shit out of me to the point that I almost uh, left and went to like a Boeing. Yeah, my brother be. brings up a good point. The, I think the trouble with like Cloverfield, Blair Witch Project, when you go with that filming style, yeah. if you're prone towards motion sickness, you're going to struggle to watch it. Yeah, well, Clo- but I do think that that does add a different perspective, especially for Cloverfield. I think they do a really good job. But I think you could probably do that method a little bit more um, refined. I don't need. I don't think you need to shake the fucking camera that much. No. Well, that was before the days of now, of, of uh, motion. Uh, what do you call it? Yeah. Did, of, did you uh, watch the so-called Cloverfield sequel or prequel, whatever they called it, Cloverfield Lane or whatever it was? I actually thought that was okay. I thought it was an interesting yeah. take on survival horror. You know, I think it played out well. Really? Yeah, that's I've heard that. Yeah, I think that's what always intrigued. But what's again? I'm, I'm not saying that. I mean, anything out in the woods uh, is going to be scary. And and I think there was this constant level of fear. But I'm telling you, what scared the piss out of me was that end scene. The whole thing was in the woods, right? Except for the end, when there was this abandoned fucking house, and they went into the basement, and it was about a minute and a half of the whole movie. I got so terrified. And I think the reason is because all of a sudden you went from nature to this structure, okay? So... Yeah. So you're potentially dealing with a natural monster, which should fucking be scary. But then you're in another situation where, you know, it could be some fucking serial killer who's who's torturing and maiming people in this basement tied. You know what I mean? And then it yeah. becomes real. And that's why when I saw that end scene, when they went into that basement, I, I fucking lost it. That was Well, awesome. and I think what, what made the whole movie pretty amazing is that end scene forces you to revisit the gap in between the beginning and the end. Like when you think about everything they went through to get to that ending, once they're at the ending, suddenly all of their dismissive tone and all their dismissive, Oh, nothing's wrong. This is just somebody messing with us. I'm sure they're like that, that constant sense that none of this is real or, 
none of this is a real threat. And then suddenly you're inserted into a very tropey ending. That's a tropey ending. Absolutely. But it's done so well leading up to it. You're willing to forgive all of that. Yeah. Just to have that amazing visceral. Why are they staying? Why aren't they running? What? What the? <gasps> you're just like covering yeah. up as as it happens. It's yeah. I mean, crazy. that one that physically affected me. Like, I, I, I got to go. Yeah. Out. Well, speaking of I got to go, I got to get kids home. Um, <laughs> well, that's a horror story right there. It writes itself. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, Brian. Well, awesome. I don't, I, this is an awesome uh, conversation. It was. Um, uh, before I forget, happy Halloween, everybody. Thank you for yep, joining happy us. Happy Halloween. Have a wonderful, safe Halloween. Uh, are we taking next week off? No, we're not. But that's after Halloween. I don't Halloween. think so. Um, no, we'll be here next week, but that's after Halloween. So anyway, happy Halloween. I think we're Hall- trying to get the Mars Man on. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they were trying um, to get the Mars Man on for next week. Right. Uh, that may happen, yes. Um, okay. So anybody, 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 anyway, 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 anyways. have a happy, safe Halloween. Yep. And uh, you can find me, as always, at rpgandco.com. Uh, no, dot com. I'm looking, sorry, I'm looking at your brother's comment. I'm doing two yeah. Um I, I do have a Sunday stream that will be coming up this weekend, uh, Fool's Errand. I then have a Monday stream. Our Tuesday stream is taking Tuesday night off because it's Halloween. And then me and Brian meet usually every Thursday, although we're coming up on our holiday break. Um, So normally you can find me on Twitch or on the YouTubes. Um, If you go over to TTRPG Academy Twitch, you can find all my socials and connections over there. And I'm usually streaming Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, and Thursday night with Brian. So cool. Um, so find me at RPG and co on Instagram. That's the best place to reach me. DM me anytime. Uh, I love to just shoot the shit. Uh, nice to meet you too. What, by the way, what, what is your real name? Cause I can't, Jeremiah. Even pronounce, I can't even pronounce Vicar Darker Draco. <laughs> His real name is Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Okay. Yep. Um, nice to meet you too. Hopefully, hopefully you will uh, join us more often. He uh, my oh, brother. Cause he used the term rad. <laughs> rad wicked that's wicked awesome oh my god speaking of i heard this vampire story down there in the not then there was fucking wicked awesome um, i was down there in the holler yeah uh also uh check out playrpgandco.com that is the dot com um a lot of cool uh, well i think it's cool it's my uh, apparel it's uh, a lot of cool digital content a lot of it from uh, jason so check that out and, and if um, you're looking for that professional pay-to-play game Head on over to rpgclub.net. Got lots of events available. I've got uh, a one-shot that's up there. I've got uh, two campaigns that are gradually beginning to fill up. So uh, go check us out over there. So, uh, uh, hey, Brian. Let me, let me hold on. Yeah, let what, me know. What? what, what, what I what? still want to play in one of your one-shots, and I want to play in one of your Candela games. So let me know when you can slot me. Okay. Right. Uh, TPK. Tell a story. Play a game. And be Horrible to people. <laughs> 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 Fucking hate you. Love it. <laughs>